primary school or all the teachers to believe that online mode will, will work or will help. But this pandemic forced people to try. And once a lot of people tried, they see the results. Mm-hmm. I believe lots of people uh, now see that uh, with the video, with different learning tools, kids can actually learn something in school before they, at home, I mean, mm-hmm. before they go to schools. So that is a lot of the works and it makes the, the whole learning more efficient. And so uh, I, I believe this plan to learning will very much stay on and even more improved in the future. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Cheng. That's Victor Cheng, who is Executive Director of Hong Kong Education City. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets this morning, down in Australia, the SX200 up about a quarter percent. Stocks slipping in Japan, the Nikkei 225 down about 0.4 percent and down about half a percent also in South Korea. Uh, here in Hong Kong, looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about uh, 20 points or so lower later on this morning. Just before I go, let me tell you about our Radio 3 auction in op- aid of Operation Santa Claus. That's our annual charity, jointly run by RTHK and the South China Morning Post. It's going to be launched this Thursday the 10th of December during Money Talk at 8.15 and for 24 hours you can bid for some great items which have all been donated donated by local businesses and companies. I'm going to be joined on the programme to launch the auction by Jim Thompson who is the founder and chairman of Crown Worldwide Group. All the proceeds are going to go towards helping our 19 deserving Op Santa charities. Um, if you want to see some of the wonderful items that are going to be available for auction, then do go to the Radio 3 homepage. That's uh, rthk.hk forward slash Radio 3 and then click on the link to the auction website and you can see all the things that we have lined up for. You won't be able to start bidding until Thursday at uh, 8.15 and then the following morning in Money, Money Talk we'll close the auction and tell you how much we've raised. So that's the Radio 3 online charity auction in aid of Operation Santa Claus kicks off at 8.15 this Thursday morning. Do stay tuned for back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Ada Wong. The weather forecast for today are going to be uh, dry with sunny intervals, cool in the morning, maximum temperature of about 22 degrees, and the outlook is for it to be mainly cloudy with a few rain patches in the next few days. It's 19 degrees right now, 65% relative humidity. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. Former lawmakers Wu Chi Wai, Chu Hoi Dick and Leung Guok Hung and other pro-democracy activists have been arrested over a protest on July the 1st. On its Facebook page, the Democratic Party said Mr Wu was arrested at his home just after 6.30 this morning, with officers saying he was suspected of unlawful assembly and inciting others to join one. Mr Chu also revealed on his social media page that his home was searched and he was arrested on illegal assembly charges. The League of Social Democrats says four of its members, including former lawmaker Mr Long and Figo Chan, were also arrested over the protest on charges related to unauthorised gatherings. The United States has imposed sanctions on 14 senior Chinese officials in response to Beijing's disqualification of four pro-democracy lawmakers in Hong Kong. Here's Robert Kemp. President Donald Trump's outgoing administration said the move would freeze any U.S. assets and bar travel to the United States of 14 vice chairs of the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress. It is seen as part of an effort to box President-elect Joe Biden into hardline positions on Beijing at a time of bipartisan anti-China sentiment in Congress. In August, the Trump administration slapped sanctions on Hong Kong Chief Executive Carrie Lam and other top officials. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the MPCSC had neutered the ability of people in Hong Kong to choose their elected representatives.
The governors of two of the biggest U.S. states, California and New York, have warned of a worsening public health crisis as hospitals fill up with coronavirus patients. The New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, said further restrictions would have to be introduced to prevent the health system being overwhelmed. On the other side of the country, the California governor, Gavin Newsom, warned that hospitals continue to fill rapidly to dangerous levels. America's top infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci, said there were concerns cases might well spike in the aftermath of Thanksgiving and Christmas gatherings. We don't mitigate well. We don't listen to the public health measures that we need to follow that we could start to see things really get bad in the middle of January. So I think without substantial mitigation, the middle of January can be a really dark time for us. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverson, your co-host today is Ada Wong. Ada, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today is Hong Kong stifling dissent. We've just heard there of more arrests this morning of pro-democratic uh, legislators and others. And the authorities arrested eight people yesterday in connection with protests held at the Chinese University. Pandem legislators have been removed from office. They've been stopped from standing and the election has been indefinitely postponed. Students have been arrested under the NSL for Facebook posts. Other arrests follow slogans being displayed on banners or in chants. A journalist who produced a documentary critical of the police has been arrested. Apple Daily was raided by 200 police. The list of ways that opposition voices seem to have been muted in Hong Kong seems to go on. Is the intention to stifle dissent and repress public opinion, as the US and the UK puts it? Is open discussion and representation of other views being stamped out? Are you concerned? Or are you confident that the NSL actually protects our familiar freedoms? Are critics of the new order simply acting with an ulterior motive to interfere in China's internal affairs? How should Hong Kong strengthen supervision and regulation of the media and internet, which is required by the national security law? Do you agree with Beijing that a lot of requirements under the national security law need to be turned into proper systems and mechanisms so the law can become behaviour guidelines that Hong Kong people will will comply with of their own will? Let us know your thoughts, your answers. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Bankchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk. Uh, or you can give us a call, and our telephone number is 233 Uh Before we get to our first uh, guest this morning, some uh, comment from uh, listeners. Um, Andrew Kay says, on the subject of Ted Hoy, why are you giving his party a platform? Uh, that's uh, He cites Hong Kong today at 7.45 today. I think that was an interview with the new leader of the Democratic Party to spout their radical views in support of this guy. He ran away while on bail and is not someone to believe to be believed, nor does he have an opinion that is relevant. That comes from uh, Andrew Kay. Uh, Peter says, Western governments, media and quite a few Hong Kong media as well, for as long as we have, we remember, have empowered Chinese saboteurs and secessionists just so as to annoy Beijing. Ted Hoy is another case in point. Instead of pointing out that the former lawmaker, Ted Hoy, is now a criminal turned fugitive who jumped bail. RTHK gives him tons of airline to justify his escape, trying to portray himself as a political dissident, which clearly he is not. 
but shaping opinions is more important than facts. It has now transpired that Ted Hoy planned his escape with the help of Danish politicians since August 2020, faking the reasons and invitation for his trip. Most likely the UK government was involved as well, as he ended up in the UK within days. This is another sad display how Western politicians and governments abuse their positions, having no problems in conspiring, aiding and abetting to commit crimes and the media delivering up a cover for it. This also demonstrates why Western politicians can't be trusted to honour any agreements in the future as they don't even respect the laws of other countries. How much were the Hong Kong Democratic Party and the legal sector in the know? Was the US and UK government in the know assisting in his escape? And where did the $3.5 million worth in donations go? These are the more interesting questions RTHK should be asking. Martin says, as for Ted Hoy and his family's story, having millions in Hong Kong dollars frozen, stroke unfrozen in life savings, I don't understand what the fuss and hypocrisy is about. By now, Ted Hoy is a wanted criminal and fugitive. The West does that all the time without even any legal basis. For example, Julian Assange's and Kim.com's accounts were frozen. Whenever the US snips its, accounts, uh, snips its fingers, individual or company accounts are being frozen all over the world. Uh, also, I remember Ted applauding sanctions against Hong Kong and mainland officials. He actually was petitioning the US government for it, and right now he's doing exactly the same in the UK and Europe. But suddenly he doesn't like it when it cuts both ways. The West owns Ted Hoy now. As fugitive, he will depend on Western government goodwill for his pay and livelihood. Ted Hoy never had a proper job in his life since 1999. He has no marketable skills with which, which will allow him to easily find a local job in the UK or Europe. Bashing China to the extreme will now be his only way to earn a living. Uh, Herman uh, disagrees. Uh, he says, I confess that uh, last week I was upset that you wasted a lot of listener airtime uh, listener time airing comments from or related to Ted Hoy until I thought if us dumb ignorant peons had been given editorial oversight we would never have given any airtime to flying and lying Ted not because we knew the minute he went to Denmark with his family he was never planning on returning here and that any of his claims he would come back to face justice would be utter mendacities but because we would not want anyone accusing us of spreading fake news editorial incompetence lack of common sense wasting our listeners time and eroding goodwill or being played for complete fools. Uh, uh, some comments there. Uh, and uh, Alan says, uh, on Tuesday's back chat, is Hong Kong stifling dissent? What's tomorrow's topic? Is the Pope Catholic? Thanks very much indeed for those comments. We're joined now by Avery Ng, Chair of the League of Social Democrats, and uh, Edward Chin, Hedge Fund Manager and Convener of 2047 Hong Kong Monitor. Uh, Avery Ng, good morning to you. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, first of all, what, what, what do we know about those uh, arrests this morning? Uh, good morning to you guys. Um, first of all, I have to say that uh, you've picked a topic in a very timely manner. Um, so as we are speaking, I'm still dealing with uh, lawyers and our members. Uh, uh, as the news has reported, uh, four of uh, our members just uh, got arrested. And as far as I know, uh, currently there's at least eight people who has been arrested this morning uh, in relation to the charge of uh, organizing or participating in an authorized assembly for this year's uh, 1st of uh, July protests. Um, now, so to your question, you know, hey, uh, is Hong Kong's uh, stifling uh, dissent? Well, I mean, the, the, the answer is very obvious. And I have to stress this, uh, this very clearly. The reason why these eight or even more people uh, just got arrested was because 
the police uh, from time and time again refuse uh, applications or, or for permits to have a peaceful, uh, lawful uh, assembly uh, marches, and and that's why uh, you know, some people, including RSD, uh, choose uh, you know, civil disobedience in rallying people to uh, you know, return to the street, especially this year. Uh, with the introduction of the national security law. And as we can see over the past what few days, uh, we've seen numerous um, you know, political prisoners, uh, dissidents, uh, now being locked up in jail, uh, from Joshua to, to, uh, to Jimmy Lai. And, and now that we do not even have a representative voice uh, you know, uh, for us in the Mexico, uh, uh, um, yeah, the, the opposition voices, or, or not just the opposition voices, but um, uh, voices that are critical of the government, uh, CCP and Carrie Lam, uh, is being stifled, and that's that's the true half act. Uh, so you admit that the uh, the assembly was unauthorized. The the, the, the point would be that you that. For, for various reasons, principally because of COVID, that's the reason we're all wearing masks now. Obviously, there are certain restrictions which which apply at the moment. The the, the and when it comes to the Legislative Council, um, you can say what you like in the Legislative Council, but you don't throw things, you don't smash things up, uh, you don't you don't disrupt uh, events, you don't filibuster, yeah. you don't you don't break the rules. So all that's happening all that's happening is that Hong Kong is applying those rules that you don't have yeah. illegal assemblies, you don't have illegal actions. The actual we still have the actual freedom to express different views on a program yeah. like this. I mean, you you don't disqualify candidates. Uh, you don't disqualify elected officials, and you don't refuse. Uh, and, and actually, not if they stay. We, we, they don't get disqualified if they stay within the law. Well, they created the law uh, after the the election, and, and they created uh, other other excuse to disqualify candidates on the fly, uh, and and uh, to the point of a protest. Uh, remember. There originally, there shouldn't be any missions, uh, uh, any peaceful gathering or protest. Shouldn't even need to have uh, permission uh, from the police. So I even these laws are, are, are in violation of uh, our basic human rights. So, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is, uh, the Caroline government and the CCP is keep, keep introducing laws that are uh, violating our basic freedom of expression and, and our political uh, political uh, participation. Um, so, uh, especially in the, um, at this stage in Hong Kong, uh, simply to say that you know, something is uh, legal or illegal, uh, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, Avery, oh, you... and, 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 and maybe I, I can add an, another example. I mean, in, in Nazi Germany, everything that uh, the Hitler did was legal by definition. So there you go. Avery, um, if we um, go back to um, the first half of this year, uh, before the national security law was enacted, um, uh, things were a little bit different then. Um, did you did you foresee that uh, with the enactment of the national security law, things would become um, uh, very fast-paced? Uh, I mean, uh, the the arrests and also the um, the investigations, and then. Um, uh, 
it's uh, you know the severity uh, is will become more and more. Um, honestly, I expected uh, this this might happen, uh, but um, it's just that. I think generally uh, people are, are shocked with the pace of it being um, that that is happening uh, with the, uh, the introduction of the national security law. Um, uh, you know, basically, uh, for uh, they, they they can imprison uh, people from just yelling slogans, and I'm not talking about you know like independence or anything, but the slogan. Um, uh, well, basically, uh, the, you know the. Um, the, the the protest slogan from last year often uh, about liberating Hong Kong even that itself is considered to be illegal or, or at least by the police uh, under the national security law and with the current law uh, basically empower the, the court to even refuse bail on people that's uh, allegedly charged for these uh, for this crime uh, and, and, and and which which gave uh, the Hong Kong police a very powerful tool to just lock people up even before they they, they, they go to the proper trial or even get sentenced. And 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 and, and I expect this is going to happen a lot more more often and a lot more severe. And also uh, uh, in relation to the to the you know, to, to, you know the, these laws, not just the national security law, but the the laws relating to protests, like the uh, unauthorized assembly. Uh, in the case of uh, Joshua Wong and Anders Chow, uh, there's a perfect case whereby this unauthorized assembly ordinance or the law, what used to be a law that is uh, punishable by a fine of, say, $2,000 normally. Uh, now, after the Joshua case, the court changed the ruling and the sentencing guideline to the point where for Agnes Chow, who's got no criminal records, uh, we are now being sentenced for, for uh, uh, seven months. So, you know, you're, you're seeing even for the same law, we are, we are seeing the court system are now changing the sentencing guideline from a fine. An action that's uh, uh, that's punishable by fine. It, it was only it, it was actually ten months, um, Avery. Oh, okay. uh, for Emmett, I think it's a, a bit. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think ten, it's ten uh, months. longer. So uh, ten months. Yeah. Ivan right. Lam is seven months. All right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, a couple of comments from listeners. Kenny says, uh, Ted Hoy's decision to Hong Kong will, ha uh, will have one immediate consequence, an increasing number of arrested. Pro-democracy politicians will be refused bail for fear they will also skip town. We've also seen that with Jimmy Lai, and I suspect a number of those arrested this morning will follow suit. And uh, Dennis says, I wonder why more people aren't offended by the fact that the police can send 200 officers to raid a newspaper's office, thereby casting blatant over contempt on the chief executive's social distancing and number of people gathering rules, yet without any reaction from Hong Kong's government. Say nothing of the hundred or more people who stood shoulder to shoulder at the October the 1st gathering on China's National Day flag raising. Clearly there is one law for the people and no law at all for the police and the government. That's from Dennis from Lama. Uh, Edward Chin, good morning to you, uh, hedge fund manager and convener of 2047. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, of 2047 Hong Kong, Hong Kong monitor. Um, 
do you think Hong Kong is, is stifling dissent? Or, or, or do you think that perhaps the national security law uh, is uh, actually restoring um, some order and some civility and removing the violence that uh, at the end of last year, this time uh, last year, uh, people were scared to express their views for fear of, of being beaten up? We're not in that situation. We're not in that situation thanks to the national security law. The national security law is good if a state, if a country has true democracy. So the NSL that is enacted since July of this year, is a, in five months it's turning Hong Kong into something that is unrecognizable. Now, as Avery has alluded to earlier, there were so many massive arrests, and in Ted Hui right now it's outside of Hong Kong. But, you know, like when I see his personal account and also his family's accounts were frozen, I think more important too is um, do Hong Kong people really trust the banking system? If the so-called NSL Bureau can, you know, like uh, come up with an order and say, hey, I am investigating this activist or this politically sensitive person or active person, right? So right right now, I think a lot of people... But, but he's accused of fraud, and it's standard procedure. If somebody is accused of fraud, you don't just leave them to open their bank accounts. So you, you, you freeze their bank accounts while you investigate the reality of the matter. Well, alleged, or they, they say may... Well, they don't... I mean, I mean, you have to have, like, a procedural... Justice, and also you have to presume innocent for a person. But yes, but you have to investigate as well. And, and the first there's step... no investigation. There's no investigation, and then you know, like the, the the way they they do it now, right now, it's unprecedented. First of all, and and second thing, you know, like Peter Wong, who is also a member of the political consultative conference, basically he's a pro Beijing guy. You know, like. Ultimately, can we trust the bank if the top person signs and and basically support the NSL? So this, this is becoming more and more of a concern for even the, the so-called the blue people. I mean, the pro-Beijing business people. Now, in the world of finance, especially in asset management, when they have these boutique setups. You know, a lot of them are from mainland, and I know a lot of people from mainland China originally who are now Hong Kong residents. They they also think, hey, what's going on if Hong Kong suddenly becomes almost like China in less than five months? Now, the difference is these guys, uh, they are highly educated overseas. They come back to Hong Kong, and some of them just form a new political party, Bohemian party, right? They could be replacing the electrical members, too. Right now, you know, we have some vacancies. And think about if we have an election next September. So who will they replace? They will replace the, the pandemic. But suddenly in electrical, we will be speaking in Mandarin. So, so this transition, you know, is um, going too fast. And, and it's also the way I look at it. It's quote-unquote. It's like a blood transfusion. It's replacing the old Hong Kong people. And Xi Jinping talked about in five years, 
there should be integration between Hong Kong, Macau, and mainland, but it's not in five months. So think about you know what John Lee, the uh, security head, is doing, and then underneath there's the chief of police, and then this I would think it's quite evil, you know, this uh, NSL bureau thing because uh, no one. How how can we survey the? I mean, you know, how can we properly check these guys whether they're doing it right? What what are the procedures they use? You know, it's like a secret police, and then you know, like pounding on the door like at six thirty a.m. in the morning and arrest a lot of people who are like peaceful demonstrators or ex electoral members. I mean, this this is chilling. I mean, it's it's not just those. We have over two million people who came to the street. Uh, okay, okay but, the, but, but but maybe the time of day that they they do these arrests isn't isn't so important. Uh, what's important is the judicial process, and um, we have confidence in our judges, and the judges um, don't do the bidding of the police or the uh, uh, or, or the government. They look at the evidence and they det- and they look at the law. And uh, we trust them to uh, to come to their decision. And in the end, um, that's why you can't say that we're stifling dissent because people still have recourse to the law. Think about it, Hugh. Now we are having like a, a live show with Ada and with Avery. Certainly, if this normal discussion is something that they displease, they send some NSL bureau police raid RTHK. They say, "I don't like this," and uh, stop you from broadcasting. This happens to Bao Choi too. I mean, I'm, I'm not a political person, but, but we as 20, 47 Hong Kong monitors, we, we monitor these things. I mean, can we still operate businesses like normal? And simple answers, no. I mean, this is totally different from the two systems, no matter what Carrie Lam says. I mean, she has good attempt for money. That's fine. I mean, she has piles of it, right? Um, you know, like... Ed, um, Ed, um, Ed, Edward, yeah. Do, do you think, um, you know, this um, fast pace, um, you know, of arrest and etc. and freezing accounts, is also because of, um, you know, the um, international relations uh, arena with um, Western politicians uh, aiding the pro-democracy uh, movement in Hong Kong, and um, U.S. government has already announced that they will sanction uh, more Chinese officials. So. Um, so Hong Kong is is actually sandwiched, um, you know, in, in the middle, and and so th- these are retaliations. I, I agree with you, Ada. It it is part of it because we are stuck in the middle. But you know, like we will see more pain in Hong Kong until we see something better. And even the guy who heads up the um, the new liaison office, right? He said, "You see the, the firepower of uh, this NSL." The beginning of it, right? That's what he says, right? Lock white length. That's what what he said, uh, commented just a few days ago. So if it is just the beginning of the firepower, you know, there could be more mass of the resident, more freezing of accounts. And this morning they talked about there's a church near uh, the new territories. Uh, the Roy, right? Who who went outside last year a lot? Uh, I think it's called Save the Children. They have some initiatives, right? When the young kids go and protest, they freeze. It's personal account and the church account. That's also HSBC. So think about it. There could be more. 
Okay, so, so some uh, comments. Uh, uh, Toby, who's a policeman, uh, says, uh, Morning, Hugh. Averington has made so many false and ridiculous claims, it's difficult to know where to start. So-called political prisoners. They pleaded guilty to, they pleaded guilt to criminal offences that existed before 1997, never mind recently. Uh, comparison to Nazi Germany is offensive and deserves nothing more than utter contempt. It's the courts that decide whether bail is given, not the police. A totally false claim by, mm, that gives the police another silence too tall. Uh, Andrew Kay says, uh, Avery something, ask him some difficult questions. That comes from uh, Andrew Kay. Andrew Kay, you ask him some difficult questions. Uh, Johnny does that. He says, uh, hi, Backchat, please ask Avery mm, two simple questions. A, would the National Security Bill have been implemented if last year's originally peaceful protests hadn't turned violent? B, with the benefit of hindsight, should the pandemics have backed down after they successfully forced the government to withdraw the extradition bill instead of pushing their unrealistic five-demand slogan? There's questions from Johnny. Every mm? Yeah, you cannot blame the victims. Uh, and even with hindsight, I think uh, we, we should stand strong and we would uh, uh, still keep coming up on the street. Um, now, to the point where uh, I have to stress this very clearly, uh, especially with our policemen officers, uh, obviously there's a sort of some, some sort of separation of duty between the police and the court. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, now the government, even the CCP, is advocating and saying that uh, the, you know, the, three, the separation of power essentially uh, is not doesn't really quite exist, but this should be a cooperation of these powers. Uh, so to the point where Hugh, you were posting the question that you know, the court uh, is not doing the bidding of uh, the police. No, or maybe not directly, but uh, obviously uh, within the, the framework of uh, cooperation of these powers, uh, the executive branch obviously is uh, using all the necessarily necessary uh, avenue or ways to use the court systems uh, to punish uh, dissidents um, and 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 you know and then as we can see now more and more people especially prominent uh, opposition leaders are now being sent to jail okay well on various charges. we've got a break now for the news Avery, thank you very much indeed for joining us uh, chair of the legal social democrats and edward chin convener of 2047 hong kong monitor others joining us after the news at nine please join them drop us a line or give us a call the weather dry with sunny periods 19 degrees now humidity is at 63 percent be a really dark time for us you're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Tuesday morning with Ada Wong and me, Hugh Chiverton. And uh, today the question uh, is Hong Kong stifling dissent? This is a claim made by, among others, the US and uh, the uh, UK that uh, open discussion, representation of different views is being uh, eliminated uh, in Hong Kong. We were talking in the first part of the programme to Avery Ng from the uh, League of Social Democrats and Edward Chin, convener of 2047 Hong Kong Monitor. We're joined uh, between now and 9.30 by Ilaria Maria Sala, who's a writer based in Hong Kong, and Edward Tai, founding member of a youth think tank called uh, GNEX, which was established in 2015. And uh, we want to hear from you. If you want, have a point of view, then uh, give us a call, 233-88266. You can email backchat at rthk.hk. You can use any name you like on that. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. We are trying to encourage uh, an open debate 
on Facebook. Uh, TC says, I'm extremely concerned about the quick downward spiral of Hong Kong politically. Above all, I find the f- timing of these developments rather interesting. They all came after Donald Trump seems more likely to lose the US presidential uh, election. Matthew says, today's backchat topic asks, is Hong Kong stifling dissent? I understand that RTHK and programmes like backchat are in a very difficult position and appreciate their courage. However, the way this topic is framed answers the question already. If RTHK and Backchat are no longer able to directly state that dissent is obviously being stifled, then discuss the detail of this, it is already very clear that the space for open and honest public dialogue is rapidly disappearing. No doubt the Backchat wannabe wolf warriors will already be well organised and lined up again this morning to create the perception that this still is really a question. Uh, and uh, Mark uh, names some of those correspondents. I, 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 won't, I won't repeat the names, uh, but uh, Mark's point is, uh, he says, uh, every day, Backchat, every weekday, Backchat is infested by, and he names various correspondents, uh, trying to cheerlead the government's crackdown on dissent. Their daily berating of those who represent the people, but are undergoing this crackdown, is no better than one Mr. Quisling in wartime Norway. Ted Hoy, etc., were properly elected. Carrie Lam, etc., were not. It's about time those I mentioned who revel in oppression tune into Russia Today's grey zone where they belong. Uh, MT says it's sad to hear your guests floundering and trying to portray themselves as being persecuted. The truth is they are victims of their own actions. They have done nothing constructive for Hong Kong. Hong Kong needs effective opposition to be a check and balance for the government. Something we do not have. That comes uh, from uh, MT. R says the comment is the NSL has brought calm to the city and people are no longer afraid to speak their opinions. In fact the NSL has just shifted the fear. There is not Less fear. One side was afraid before, now they have resumed control, and the other side is living in fear of speaking their minds. But now they also have the fear of being arrested. How is this good for Hong Kong? And all because the government did not want to listen. That is uh, from R. Thank you very much indeed for those comments. Um, Edward Tai, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for, for joining us. Uh, do you think Hong Kong is stifling dissent? Um. I, I, I sorry, would... could you move your phone away? Would you mind, sorry, just from the... Because we do get inference. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start with a background first. That um, There is a research last, um, I mean, last October. And uh, um, there, the question is on uh, whether Hong Kong people agree to uh, Hong Kong independence. And uh, as much as 11% of the Hong Kong people agree to Hong Kong independence. And what does that mean? It means that there is a certain amount of people that do think Hong Kong is independent is a way out. However, it's not as much as uh, what the Chinese official thinks. And um, the new uh, legislation, the National Security Law, and um, uh, has imposed this July. And uh, this has a great impact to the freedom of speech as seen in the most recent survey. So if you ask me very strictly, that uh, is it uh, a harm to freedom of speech? Well, it sits because uh, we can see from um, uh, the young people are changing the mode of communication, maybe from WhatsApp even to Telegram or even to more uh, secure ch- uh, channel. And uh, this is what we see uh, from the uh, young people. Sorry, again, could you just move your phone or perhaps switch it off? It's, yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah, still yeah, getting yeah, interference. It's, it's, it's okay, thanks very, very, very much. Okay. So, so, so you, you think that Hong Kong is stifling dissent? Uh, 
Yeah. Is, is being removed here? Yeah, in broad sense it is. Especially after the uh, new legislation of the um, national security law. Um, uh, why is that happening? Why is that happening? <laughs> we have to ask the Chinese officials because it is a, um, a uh, global geopolitical dynamics between China and America, of course. And uh, the, um, the voice of the people uh, should have to be heard. But uh, it wasn't the case, uh, especially after uh, all these years, after uh, the uh, general uh, social movement last year. And uh, it seems that the, um, the trust towards both the uh, local government as well as the uh, Chinese government is in, on the decline. And uh, it has the uh, impact on the um, young people that they would like their voice to be heard, but they don't want to make it so transparent. And it is a kind of danger signal that um, people doing things um, secretly uh, would have uh, ultimate damage to the whole um, establishment, to the whole uh, government system. So, um, Edward, do you think that we'll have a, a proper election next year? And um, <laughs> You know, from from your perspective, because you are a founding member of a think tank, and I think you uh, you understand sort of you know what young people are thinking about. You know, would would young people still think that going to politics and um, contesting elections is this still a way to go? Mm, they are quite divided. Um, some of them still think there is an opportunity to run an election. Maybe they think um, the success uh, district council election last year is a, a good sign for them to go for election. While on the other hand, um, some others uh, would like to leave Hong Kong because they are afraid of the current uh, uh, political atmosphere. They think that if even if they go into legislative council or district council, their impact will be diminished. Um, they they uh, can't really do their job um, properly if they are uh, supporting really the uh, pro-democratic side. So uh, uh, young people are quite divided, but I'd like to point out that uh, young people are the future of Hong Kong. So uh, how the current system accommodate or uh, give chances to them is crucial to the uh, overall uh, growth, I mean the political growth or even the more um, uh, fundamental growth of Hong Kong. Doesn't, so, doesn't this really depend on what you mean by dissent? Uh, if you mean if you mean mm. you don't agree with the fundamental setup, the fundamental mm. constitutional order uh, of Hong Kong, that's 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 one thing. And there, there, maybe you would be better off going somewhere else uh, to a, to another country. You can go and live under Trump or Biden or or, or something like that. Um, but if you if you've got different ideas about Lantau tomorrow, about infrastructure development, about social development, about education. There are still avenues to do that, and there will still be a debate, and there will still be different views expressed in, in the Legislative Council. So, I mean, that's, that's legitimate dissent, that's legitimate discussion about useful topics. But if it comes to actually challenging the very existence, the very nature of, of Hong Kong, well, many places in the world don't, don't allow that kind of uh, discourse. Um, and Hong Kong's just joining the queue. Yeah, um, it's true in broad sense, but the point is that um, how the um, well, the police or the government are, um, are making um, um, prosecution to the uh, local activities, because um, in this way, in the current way, um, people are threatened to uh, really voice out their opinion. 
And this is not doing any good to the whole system, even though they are supporting independence or not, because people are rarely voicing their real thoughts. And this may not be the best way, or, or it shouldn't be the best way to help Hong Kong get out of what the current situation is. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so, Edward, you, so you think it is inevitable that um, any constructive criticism on, let's say, land policy and uh, education policy, that will, that will also have a political connotation. And, um, you know, you might, we might have to um, step, in, step on the red line and, and be, be sort of um, investigated. Um, yeah, we, we have to be aware of the red line, of course. And uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that some um, people that left Hong Kong are actually in love with Hong Kong. So um, the point is that um, if we are really uh, um, looking at the red line and discussing everything within the framework, it's still good. But um, it doesn't mean that the red line is there and we should be threatened by the red line because the freedom of speech is key um, core value in Hong Kong and uh, uh, we should talk freely, we should express our opinions freely and if it was not done uh, maybe in the uh, policy area even in the political area um, the uh, the um, movement or the, uh, the uh, enhancement of Hong Kong system uh, would not be established because views from different parties or different uh, um, walks of life of uh, people would not be taken into the uh, the greater development of a uh, Hong Kong system. No matter is the judicial system, no matter is the um, um, administrative systems. Ilaria Maria Sala, good morning to you. Thanks for, for, for joining us. So uh, what's your answer to the question? I'm assuming you're going to say that Hong Kong is one way or another stifling dissent. But what about this idea that, you know, uh, that, that there is dissent and, and dissent? And uh, if you want to talk about the, uh, the actions of the administration, you want to even talk about China, uh, and you want to air views from international media and so on, you can still do that. You can still read what you like on, on the internet in Hong Kong. There is still, there is still freedom. But when it comes to uh, questioning the fundamental constitutional order of, uh, of Hong Kong, well, Hong Kong, in common with many places around the world, um, just says, no, that you, you, you're not allowed to do that. That's, uh, that's the bottom line. Um, this description leaves me quite confused, honestly, because what you are describing is uh, not freedom of expression or uh, of dissent. If we are talking about, um, you can only speak of these things, you can only participate in a constructive way to the debate that the government is bringing forward, but if you try to add something that the government doesn't like, then you cannot express yourself. That seems to me to be a complete lack of freedom of expression, if there are so many um, limitations to it. And then I'm not really sure who you are referring to when you say many countries don't allow the discussion of the basic structure of a place. Um, I, I truly don't know if you're referring only to dictatorships, in which case it's true, but I don't think that's what Hong Kong should aspire to be. Um, can I give you an example from Italy? If, you, if we look back at uh, the 90s especially, 
Italy had this movement, which was the Northern League, which was a quite, in my view, um, repulsive movement based on uh, quite racist ideas and uh, which was bringing forward this concept of ethnically differences between Italians in which uh, Northern Italy was so different from the rest of the country that it should be independent and have its own country. And uh, there were a number of actions that were taken which I found pretty, again, pretty repulsive. There was, I remember, one uh, demonstration in which people with green shirts lined up along the Po River, which to them was the natural boundary of this northern country that they imagined, and uh, waved flags, chanted slogans, made some inflammatory speeches. Nothing happened. I mean... Italy is still one country. Countries are a lot more solid, more strong, more resilient. Had the Italian government gone full-out repressive with this group, I think they would have created martyrs, they would have created a much stronger opposition, they would have turned something that was basically stupid into something that was all of a sudden uh, given this mantle of repression and i don't want to compare obviously the northern league with what is happening in hong kong what i'm saying simply is when you decide that words cannot be said even if there are words that you find repulsive you inevitably put these words on a pedestal you make them extremely desirable by a number to a number of people um what has happened in italy after this is that the whole Northern League independence project totally lost steam. Uh, the Northern League actually even dropped the word Northern. Now it's just the League. And uh, is, is there other laws against secession in Italy? Because there are laws against secession mandated in the basic law in Hong Kong. Well, you see, laws are written by people. They're not. Sorry, laws are what? Are written by people. Of course, there are laws against secession, but you have to be. Um, when you apply them, you have to decide how you apply the laws and you have to decide um, whether you want to persecute purely one type of breaches, whether you think that saying certain words will bring to secession. I mean, secession is a pretty complicated issue. It's not enough to wave a flag that says secession for it to happen. So if you go after very young people and turn them into your enemies, not only they will become your enemies, but also you haven't accomplished anything that is constructive at all. Okay, okay. here's an email. This is from uh, Herman, uh, who says, I was reading this national security law, and it's tough. Uh, quote, persons undertaking basically any kind of communications activity for the purpose of political influence uh, must register with the government. Sorry, this is not a quote. This is not a direct quote. I beg your pardon. Let's start again. Persons undertaking basically any kind of communications activity for the purpose of political influence must register with the government within 14 days. Failure to do so is punishable by two to five years imprisonment, depending on whether the person knew she had to register. Activities covered by the statute, including those directed to any section of the public and influence, includes affect in any 
way and there is no requirement that actual harm or influence is shown before the offences can be charged. By the way, says Herman, this is not Hong Kong's legislation, but rather the National Security Legislation Amendment Act 2018. I wonder if the Maoists can guess which democratic country this law comes from. Let me help them out. Since the law's passing, the amount of racist rhetoric and acts in Australia has increased, and the country's Asians are now wondering if the country has reverted to a white-first policy. Perhaps the Maoists should first look at the NSL's counterparts in democratic nations before they start jumping up and down about how undemocratic Hong Kong's law is. That comes uh, uh, from uh, Herman. Uh, do you take Herman's point, Ilana Maria Sella? No, of course not. We can. That, that is the oldest trick in Hong Kong. Every time there is a very bad piece of legislation that is being introduced, we go cherry-picking for very bad pieces of legislation in other um, countries. And what that says is that you shouldn't take example on very bad pieces of legislation. So it's not because Australia has some crap laws, pardon my language, um, that, that we should say, oh, see, Hong Kong law isn't that bad. Uh, but if you look at the, the bigger situation, you know, what is happening in Hong Kong probably will continue uh, and cannot be reversed. Uh, for example, if there is electrical election next year, um, uh, there might be dissenting voices uh, if um, some of the candidates are not disqualified. But uh, who will be those candidates who won't be disqualified? So perhaps um, the idea of dissent is... Um, is more within, within, or be uh, they are willing to be confined by the current political structures, and and then we we have new parties, as we have read, uh, uh, coming up um, who might dominate Electrico. Uh, do you see this happening? And uh, so the dissent uh, would go underground. Is is that how you see it? I don't know. Obviously, I can't predict the future. What I do see is that. LegCo has been hollowed um, on some very flimsy pretexts. People have been um, disqualified, told that they can't run, or it has been made clear to them that running carries very high risks. And we see it also this morning. So many people are being arrested. If you were not involved in politics, would you want to be involved in politics unless you are staunchly pro-government, and even that might not give you much guarantees that uh, you will remain staunchly pro-government as time goes by. So what is happening, in my view, is very tragic because it's excluding, yet again, Hong Kong people from taking part in uh, how the place is run. And, uh, and that I don't see changing in the very immediate future. In the longer run, I don't know. What I do know is that uh, we cannot simply say that this is something that came out of the blue sky. For many years now, um, there has been a constant attempt at, quite a successful attempt, at taking decisions above the head of Hong Kong people, not um, not even taking heed of polls, sometimes even polls that were sponsored by the government itself. And, uh, you know, like what we have seen last year with Carrie Lam saying that the only problem with the extradition law was that Hong Kong people hadn't understood it. And uh, she was saying that to very qualified lawyers. And it's 
I don't know, you can call it arrogance, you can call it um, a complete inability to listen to um, dissenting voices, or also a decision that what the government thinks cannot be wrong. And that frankly is unlikely to make people want to join politics. Sorry, Edward Tai. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the um, South China Morning Post uh, series of videos about the uh, the protests last year. Uh, they're very interesting, and, and the last section talks about uh, muzzling Hong Kong, which is a it is a useful word, I think, to describe um, what, what what's happening because. Uh, it means two things, really. It means putting a muzzle on an animal, like a dangerous dog, uh, but it also means stopping a person or organisation from expressing uh, independent opinions. It has this kind of uh, dual meaning. Uh, so, it, you know, it's it, it's kind of interesting word to use to describe the the, the action and and how uh, speech is being uh, tamed uh, in, in Hong Kong. Um, but it also suggests, I think, that. The likely outcome uh, is that there will be more violence. There will be more violence when the COVID restrictions uh, end. Um, things don't look good. That, uh, in fact, it's likely that the intensity will uh, increase. Do you agree with that? Do you think that, in fact, things will get worse in Hong Kong? Yeah, um, the social movement last year hasn't been uh, properly handled by the government until now. Uh, the COVID-19 has uh, um, um, been a chance for the government to impose the gathering ban. But uh, right after the uh, the COVID, maybe uh, the government uh, the gathering ban should be lifted, and uh, it will uh, 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 it will trigger more. Um, um, social movement, even under the national security law, because uh, people's voice are not uh, being clearly seen or taken action by the government. So I'm seeing more, uh, maybe not violence, I would say, but more um, social movement again after COVID-19. And and the, the young people are still um Quite, quite brave to go out. Then, in in your opinion, they they will continue to go out. Yeah, I think so. And then, uh, if the police uh, does not approve, um, you know, legal assembly, then every single one of these protests might become illegal assemblies. Technically, yes, but um, well, I would say the uh, young people are, are, are making their gambling because they uh, they are betting whether the police arrest all of them. So it's actually not a good way to um, to think this way, but uh, it it may really happen that uh, maybe the police will arrest more young people when they get on the streets. Why do the young people do it? Yeah, well, it's a gambling. <laughs> so, but what's uh, the, what's the what's the upside? Why why risk arrest? Why risk all these things? All these measures that are being introduced: long jail terms, a criminal record, all those things. Uh, those are being deployed. Um, what um, is their way of thinking? They believe that this is um, there is a risk and there is chance, and uh, it's the um, way they think. They they think they love Hong Kong, and they think this can um, in in other way help the uh, the change of the current political systems.
Ilara and Maria Sala, an email from D. You were making a comparison with the, the Northern League in uh, Italy. Uh, D says, how would Italy respond if the Northern League would go to Moscow every second week for consultations and meeting Russia's officials on a daily basis during protests that turned very violent? That comes uh, from D. Ilara and Maria Sala? political parties in Italy have been having um, consultations, exchanges, um, all sorts of encounters with other, um, with other politicians, other countries, other parties. E- so even, really, country, we, even countries that are pretty hostile to Italy. Yes. It's not... I mean, we are making straw men out of things that have happened before, that have not endangered any place to the extent that we are pretending here in Hong Kong. So it's really we're really hiding behind monsters of our of our own creation. Okay, Bowen in an email says, Dear Backchat, Hugh should really know that his allegation that disagreement with the constitutional structure of the country is not disallowed in uh, democratic countries isn't true. Granted that that's true in dictatorial countries, as the lady just pointed out. There's been advocacy for the abolition of the British monarchy in the UK and for Australia to become a Republican country for a very long time. And people have also advocated the independence of California and Alberta in the US and Canada. Still, very few Hong Kongers advocate independence. Hong Kongers just want the basic law and the joint declaration, both of which are, after all, plainly worded legal documents to be implemented. That is uh, from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed uh, for those uh, comments. And uh, thank you very much indeed to, to our guests this morning. In, in the second half, we're talking there to Ilara Maria Sala, a writer based in Hong Kong, Edward Tai, uh, founder of uh, GeneXt. A uh, couple more comments. Alonzo says there's good news for Lung Kwok Hong if he goes to jail. Following his recent success in the quarterfinal appeal, he will be allowed to retain uh, his flowing locks. Uh, And on a completely different topic, uh, Leon says the majority of Hong Kong's COVID cases can be traced back to regulatory and administrative blind spots, which the government failed to address. As your co-host Mike Rouse pointed out in yesterday's show, we keep on hearing about more of those loopholes. I have two specific comments about the latest wave of COVID. First, why haven't dance clubs been closed? I recall hearing that the government said it couldn't close them because it didn't have licences to start with. Did I hear that correctly? Surely that makes no sense. Secondly, 50,000 people attended the eight nights of concerts of Hins Chung in late November. So let me get this right. Over 6,000 people can go to a concert at the Coliseum, while at the same time we still have the social distancing restrictions in restaurants and bars. Go figure. In general, the government has handled COVID well, but some of the administrative mistakes it's made and continues to make beggar belief. That comes uh, from Leon. Thank you all very much indeed for joining us. Uh, one more reminder that uh, on Thursday we're having a special auction for Operation Santa Claus. Uh, and and uh, Father Christmas will be joining us between 9 and 9.30 uh, to answer uh, your questions, particularly if uh, children would like to call in and uh, get the lowdown uh, from Santa Claus. That's the uh, chance to do it. That's between 9 and uh, 9.30 this coming Thursday, leaving you now with the latest weather. It's going to be dry with sunny periods. Cool this morning, temperatures up to about 22 degrees. And the outlook mainly cloudy with a few rain patches in the next few days. Uh, the reading's now 19 Celsius and the relative humidity is at 67 Our hands often touch public items covered with viruses and bacteria. When we touch our eyes, nose or mouth, the pathogens can enter the body. Health is in our hands. To prevent infection, follow the seven hand cleaning steps. Rub hands for 20 seconds. Rinse thoroughly. 
Dry with a clean cloth or paper towel. If you can't wash your hands and they aren't visibly soiled, use an alcohol-based hand rub. What if our hands get dirty again? Clean them properly. 932, the news now with Samantha Butler. Former lawmakers Wu Chi Wai, Chu Hoi Dick and Leung Guok Hung and other pro-democracy activists have been arrested on suspicion of involvement in unauthorised protests on July the 1st. Large crowds took to the streets of Hong Kong Island that day despite the police's refusal to grant permission for a demonstration. The United States has imposed financial sanctions and a travel ban on 14 mainland officials over their alleged role in Beijing's disqualification last month of four elected opposition legislators in Hong Kong. The move targeted the vice chairpersons of the NPC Standing Committee. And the governors of two of the biggest U.S. states, California and New York, have warned of a worsening public health crisis as hospitals fill up with coronavirus patients. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Well, he talks to journals as the stories unfold. Musos and actors. Good morning. No matter young or they're old. There's tons of stuff going on. Moves them through the studio. Oh, yes, yes. Before their coffee gets cold. Don't be stupid. Drink it. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Imagine helping people with just downloading an app and clicking something. I don't think the Communist Party wanted to do this. We have a nightclub on the roof. What if our country is run a different way? We welcome you to the morning brew. With a chef, he might be just kind of chewing the fat. He's really good at that. Because Phil Whelan likes to chat. Morning Good day, good morning, and welcome to Tuesday here on The Morning Brew with me, Phil Whelan. Through until one as usual, after ten, it's the continuing story from Down Under with our Aussie bloke, Jared Watt. So, after their wheat and wine woes, weeks of wheat and wine woes, Australia and China are now trading blows on social media. Welcome to the party. Jared's going to have more on that, plus the rest of the news and, of course, a couple of great Aussie tracks as well. Dr. Marin P is out and about after 11 for this week's Eco Bits. Join us on Facebook Live for that. And after 12, we're off to Melbourne once again to chat with biz futurist Morris Mizalowski. He's going to give us his final few choices from the 52 It Just Might Happen, Don't Knock It series of inspirational food for thought postcards. And you can see all this stuff on his website, but we're just going to take a handful to play around with on air. Talking to handfuls, a few a few Christmas songs to chuck in as well. Not chosen by me, so whatever happens, happens. Let's get on it with the eels. This is called Saturday Morning here on The Morning Brew. Mm-hmm. 